Hey, everybody. Adam Rank here. Before we get to the coaches show, allow me to talk to you a little bit about FanDuel.com. If you're like me, your fantasy season is over, or so you thought. FanDuel.com is the leader in one-week fantasy football leagues. Matt Nichols from Ohio turned a $25 deposit into over $25,000 playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him and the hundreds and thousands of other users who have already won money. This is a pretty cool idea. FanDuel is giving you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code COACHES. Don't forget, use the code COACHES. Don't miss out on all the fantasy football you can handle. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot C-O-M. Sign up today. This is NFL.com's Coaches Show Podcast. 40 men together can't lose. This is why you lift all them weights. Everybody's grabbing out there. Nobody's caught them. And now we're going. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Thanks for joining us on the Coaches Show. I'm Brian Billick. This is Steve Mariucci, of course. And, uh, Coach, let's let's start with your Green Bay Packers because it, it's one thing to lose, but to lose the way Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did. Let's just start with first, what are our takeaways from that game? Well, hey, so listen, I'm sure you watched game day morning, right? And so we had a segment to do upset uh, alert, you know, and, and I said the Green Bay Packer team better be, I picked them to win the game, but I said they got to be on upset alert because doing my research, get this, over the past 15 years in December at Orchard Park over there in, uh, in Buffalo, only one quarterback's ever thrown for 300 yards. That was Brady seven years ago. So, A, they have good defenses over the years, and B, maybe the weather, old man winter plays defense, you know that. Maybe it's a little swirly, whatever, but it just, it, quarterbacks just don't play very well there in, in, the, in the winter. So, you add up that, plus this good team, they are really good on defense, aren't they? With Marcel Darius and Mario Williams, Kyle Williams and all that, that front is really scary. And then a bunch of no-name guys in the secondary who just make play after play after play. And Aaron Rodgers just simply wasn't able to hang on to the ball, move around and make plays like he typically does. There's Bakari Rambo. He had a couple of interceptions in this game. And so they just play hard. And look at this. This should have been a pick six by Stephon Gilmore. And, and uh, here's a tip pass. Another, that's the other interception by Bakari Rambo. So this defense, you know, Jim Schwartz, Brian, is doing a heck of a job with this defense. And remember, Seattle and Detroit, another, other good defenses, gave this Packer offense fits as well. Well, you mentioned Jim Schwartz. And do we make anything of the fact that because this was, this was you know, Apple, this was terrible. I mean, this wasn't just a good defense. This was uh, Aaron Rodgers playing away. I, I can't remember the last time we saw Aaron Rodgers play this poorly. And let's remember, Jim Schwartz was in Detroit, played Aaron Rodgers yeah. and the Green Bay Packers twice a year for the entire yeah. time that he was in Detroit. That familiarity, because I know with really, I know this was in Minnesota when we played Barry, uh, Barry Sanders every year, twice. <clears throat> And Tony yeah. Dungy was our defensive coordinator. And you got used to seeing Barry Sanders, and you, and you crafted a game plan because you were used to it. And you'd see film of teams that had not played Sanders before, and they looked silly because they didn't yeah. know how to deal with it. Do we get, take anything from the fact that maybe Schwartz isn't overwhelmed by Aaron Rodgers, hey. has a bit of a plan? 
Brian, you said you played Barry Sanders, but you were in the dome, okay? So you couldn't change much except crank that fake noise up that you did. So I was in Green Bay at the time, and you know what we used to do? We used to grow the grass a little higher. So you did cheat up at Ebbo Field. I knew it. And water it down a little bit and make it like a quagmire. Did it help? See if you can run fast and quick on this stuff. Yeah, it helped. And so, but you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. You said we haven't seen anything. You're right. Because these were career lows for him. Oh, unbelievable numbers. Yeah, 17 of 42. Are you kidding me? That's 40%. That's the lowest he's ever been. Only 185 yards. No touchdowns. A couple of picks. 34 passer rating. That's the lowest he's ever been. So, And then he snapped that 202 passing streak without an interception. So you're right. We haven't seen this uh, from Aaron Rodgers because he's been so darn good. But this Bills defense right. has been playing well all year long. Particularly last two weeks. Let's not forget how, how they were able to get after Peyton Manning. So this, yep. is, this isn't just, hey, uh, we had one great game. Uh, and, and the last game, they're going to play the Raiders this, this week. They're 8-6, and six, so they're still relevant. I'm talking about the Bills now. Let's assume they beat the Raiders, even though it's at the Raiders. Then they play Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Is that the real test to see? Can you indeed shut down Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and, and, and Tom Brady? You didn't mention Derek Carr. He's right in there. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I probably that... should, but I'm dismissing him. But let's just assume Derek Carr is not quite ready for the Hall okay, of Fame. Okay, fine. So uh, these other yeah, guys that, that's going to be a... the real test, isn't it? Absolutely. And so, you know, they're still fighting for a playoff spot. It's kind of crazy. I'm looking at it here. 12 out of the 16 teams in the AFC are still fighting know, how for about a playoff that? spot. And that's what makes this so awesome. You know, I, I don't want to say there's parity in the league, but the way it's scheduled and the way we draft and the way we do things, boy, there's 21 teams that are still involved, 12 in the AFC, and the Bills are one of them. They're still fighting. Let's spin it forward a little bit. Is there anything that the Bucks or the Lions can take? It looked to me like they played a lot of two-man. And we had a lot of drops. That was uncharacteristic as well. I mean, Jordy Nelson, he's never going to – he doesn't drop those. He had a 94-yard touchdown had he caught that ball. But it looked like they were playing a lot of two-man. Is that a formula you think they could give the Packers? Is it their receivers? You know, other than Randall Cobb, they're not going to get away from press as well when they got that help. I'm just trying to spin this forward. Is there something structurally we can draw from it? When you – you know this. When you play two-man – against an athletic quarterback, you better have your front four yeah. contain him because yep. when he, when Aaron Rodgers takes off or Cam Newton or some of these athletic guys that can make plays with their legs, two man, you got everybody running, right? And you got safeties watching the quarterback. So a couple of those tip passes that right. you saw ended up getting tipped to the safety. That was playing zone behind all that man stuff. So, you know, I, I don't know what you can take from this yeah. other than the, the, the three teams that really made – Aaron Rodgers look like a human being. Were Detroit, Seattle, and now Buffalo. Just three those good defenses. Th- Just three those good are three defenses. great defenses that have good fronts that kind of make him throw the ball a little bit sooner than he wants to. They minimize the damage after the catch, and uh, they have given him fits. Now he's got to play Detroit one more time in the last game, and that's going to be the thriller in Manila because that's going to determine who wins that division. Uh, and one final thing, obviously, with regard to this, because I hate it when people say, well, do we have a template now? I go, well, yeah, if you've got a good defense, you've got a template going forward. Uh, but, but with regards to uh, Pittsburgh and, and the job that they did against uh, uh, the Green Bay Packers, um, 
one thing that did surprise me was Eddie Lacy was pounding it. I thought, okay, th- this is this is what the Packers hasn't had before, and we, it's what we've been patting Mike McCarthy and the Green Bay Packers on their back a little bit about. Just shoved Eddie Lacy down their throat that first drive and a half, and then he, it's like he disappeared. It's like they kind of got away from it. Yeah, and that surprised me because they were so good early pounding Eddie Lacy, and then uh, I don't know if Eddie Lacy got beat up a little bit or what, but they didn't they didn't stay with that formula. Uh, you know, because you got to throw the ball sooner or later with Aaron Rodgers, because really that's what you do best. Well, we've got to so. we've got to move on to the topic of the day, and I'm going to make a coach's show promise to the people that listen to us. Mm-hmm. We've got to do it today, because, and I can hear Mike Mayock just screaming in my ear anytime we talk about Tim Tebow. Why are we talking about a guy that can't play in the <laughs> National Football League? We got to talk about Johnny Manziel. But I agree, you know, it's a hot story. But after this, until he does something why are we talking about a guy that can't play in the national football league Let, let's talk about what we saw what 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 do we know about johnny manzel after this last week i was very surprised brian i i bet you were too because i just go back to when i was evaluating him in college and he was dynamite and even uh, when he played against the Bills, he had some success. He scored a touchdown against the Bills, drove them a couple times. Um, but he was, he was really terrible. Let's call it like it is. And in, in this game, he looked overwhelmed to me. He, his, he, he lacked discipline with his drops and his progressions. This ball right here, he threw it right before the half. All he has to do is throw the ball away. They kick a field goal. At least have something positive before halftime. This was a read that he just missed, which is something that we expected him to be good at. And so he just shocked me. Uh, now, Mike Pettin says he's going to start him again, which I, I guess you got to Oh, you got to, don't him. you? Yeah, I mean, you, you got to find out the next two weeks. You do, but Brian, what if he, what if he starts doing the same crazy stuff and, and he just looks like, hey, this guy's not ready. And don't you go back to Hoyer and see if you can win the game? He's well, still in the playoff race. Uh, well, for me... Going for, we talked about this over the last couple of weeks, and it's turned out that way, but that's just by happenstance. To me, over the next two weeks, it's job one. Can this guy play? Can I see anything? I just want to see one thing. Even if that one thing is him scrambling around, scoring yeah. a touchdown running, and not coming up and giving that money sign. Anything. I'll take anything that says – okay, maybe this guy can be a starter in the National Football League. And he only got two games. Yeah. Don't you have to know that in Cleveland? Because if we get to, yeah, we get to the offseason and we don't have an inkling that he can play, what do we do? You find somebody else. But you know what? Remember the Buffalo Bills you know, had E.J. Manuel, the young quarterback, and all of a sudden he wasn't quite getting it done. They made a change, and that seemed to work out. They'll go back to E.J. eventually. So I, I think this is a little bit of a tryout, an audition, so to speak. And, yeah, you try to make it work, but I, I'm just saying, because he looked, he, he, I mean, he looked bad, all right? And he'll be, he, he was really a stand-up guy in his press conference, and he said it. He said, there's no excuses. I was bad. And so, um, I don't know. But here's the other thing about that whole game. I was a little surprised about their offensive game plan, Brian. I thought for sure, because he's such an athlete and good at it, they would run more read option, yeah. all right? He messed up the first one. He got hit for seven-yard loss, and they didn't go back to it much at all, okay? That was one I was curious about that. The other thing is, why don't you run your play-action movements and keeps and get him out of the pocket yes. like we saw him in the preseason. We saw him against Buffalo. He's very good from the run. 
let the guy see something on the perimeter instead of staying in that pocket and where it's very difficult to see. I thought the game plan was a little uh, weird for me. I would have used him to his skills and helped him out a little bit with those sort of things. I'm going to do uh, something on, on playbook and playbook primetime this weekend talking about the old boots and waggles that we all run. And for a while there, you know, uh, we go back to our, all our mentors, Bill Walsh, that said that game, that play is dead in the NFL. In terms of, we all run it in preseason, right, because it's a nice, safe way to get your quarterback with a fake and get outside the perimeter and have the deep guy, have the cross, or have the shallow. But now because of the read option, you're seeing it with the fake, and then you're seeing the read option fake and people, and there's always a crosser and there's always a guy into the flat. It's, it's been reborn in the league again today, and you're right. There's no Absolutely. question that he would be very good at that. But then here's my question. Okay, great. Let's, let's cater ourselves to Johnny Menzel doing that. What have we learned? Is that the? Can we win doing just that? Can we win in this league doing what Johnny Menzel does well? This goes back to the Tim Tebow. I, I don't think you can. Okay, so, so you, you, what you're, you're suggesting is you you just stay stubborn with keeping him in the pocket, training him to be a pocket passer. Well, I think you have to use. You turn on the Seattle film and. And Russell Wilson doesn't make a living solely from the pocket. I'm right? with you, I kn- and I knew you were going to go there. Go ahead. Uh, go you ahead. knew it. Yeah, I did. And so, and they move him around. Not to mention, he moves himself around because that guy scrambles like Fran Tarkington. And Johnny Manziel needs to learn escape routes a little bit better too. But you know, you got a, a guy under six feet and Russell Wilson. Here's another one now, Johnny Football. They need to play the game a certain way because they simply won't make a living like Peyton Manning and like Tom Brady from the pocket. So you have to adjust your game plan. Kyle uh, Kyle Shanahan did that with RG3 in that first year when they won the division. So you got to be a little bit creative. And this is why the hairs on the back of my neck are going up right now. Because I know for a fact, every fiber of my body says when Cleveland was deciding to trade back up and get him with the 22nd pick, somebody in that room, coach or, or scout, was saying, this guy can be Russell Wilson. That was the benchmark. If yeah. Russell Wilson did not exist... If he had not had the success he did, I'm convinced Johnny Menzel wouldn't be taken with the 22nd pick because there's somebody saying, oh, he can be Russell Wilson. In my opinion, Johnny Menzel is not Russell Wilson. I've seen nothing to indicate that he has, and I think Russell Wilson will and can evolve to where I see enough basic skills from the pocket to think he can do that. He does the other stuff really, really good. I just see nothing in Manziel's game to think that he can progress that way. All right, let's rewind this thing, though. Brian Billick, let's rewind it a little bit because when we were talking in the draft the year Russell Wilson came out, here's this guy, right, that transferred from NC State to Wisconsin, and, goes to Wisconsin, and, and he, he did okay, but he's short. And all of a sudden you go, he's a third-round guy. He's one of those guys you draft for depth or whatever that is. So he wasn't Russell Wilson until he won a Super Bowl. And now he's like, oh, Correct. a short guy can win a Super Bowl. So, and Johnny Manziel's career in college was unbelievable. You know that. Every time you watch that left tackle position, Luke Joko or uh, Jake Matthews, I kept watching the quarterback. This guy's amazing. And well, let's try to evaluate the tackle. And so... That's why I'm a little bit surprised about his performance. You know what, Brian? I'm hoping that, what, they're at Carolina. I'm hoping that he plays better, more like what we saw in college, because otherwise I'm going to be shocked, because all of our evaluations about his magic, you know, like Doug Flutie had, um, will be out the window. I, I hope his confidence 
hasn't been shaken. I don't think it has. All right, let's say, a- let's say, uh, obviously, playing, not playing as poorly as he did Sunday, but let's say the next two weeks he, he gets out there and they play the Panthers and the Ravens now. That Panthers defense is looking better, and that Ravens group yeah. now, they'll mm-hmm. be licking their chops, and they're likely going to need that win as well. Um, let's say he looks okay. You know, he completes 50% of his passes. He has, uh, let's say over the next two games, he has uh, four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Rookie-type numbers, and I don't mean that in a, to slant yeah. it a certain way. But, okay, he plays at that level, and he kind of looks like a rookie. All right, I, I'm Cleveland. What do you do? I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Because I don't care. Here's the problem. The the problem lies with who else do you have? True. Because Brian Hoyer is a free agent. No. If Brian Hoyer was a guy that was under contract for another couple of years, you'd keep Brian because you know you, you know what you got there. You know he can win some games for you, be pretty steady, and then you continue to try to develop him. You know, again, like Buffalo did with E.J. Manuel, you had this Kyle Orton kid that's playing pretty well, a veteran guy. Is he the world beater? No, but he's good enough. So, yeah, they have some big decisions to make. And like you said earlier, let's play this guy in two games and really see what we have. But my point is, if he appears to be overwhelmed again and just like crazy, I'm going to try to win that game because I'm still in this crazy playoff hunt. Yeah, I don't. And again, he's he's not he's cool and confident. Like no, you know, I I always say a rookie quarterback. I want to see just enough panic in his eyes to to, for him to recognize that that he doesn't know enough. (laughs) I want to see a little just enough fear. And I don't I don't mean panic, but enough fear to show me that you're smart enough to be afraid. And because that concerns me that he hadn't smart well, enough to be afraid, smart okay. enough to be afraid. Let's move on to the, to, to this one. Um, week 15, obviously it's some great compelling games. Uh, let's start with the most, com- the biggest win over the, over the weekend. Whoa. The biggest win. I'm, I'll start. Choices. I'm, I'm going to say it's the Cowboys, you know, me and, and, and road wins. And for them to go into Philadelphia, particularly after just 17 days ago, getting whooped by the Eagles uh, and for them and, not only, yeah, they got the, the big turnover early and they got the 21-point lead, but then Philadelphia came back. And then two drives, man, they didn't panic. They came back. They handed the ball off to Murray. They recognized, you know what, see that Bryant guy over there against that other guy? Yeah, I'm going to keep doing that. You know, sometimes we coaches complicate. Well, no, they'll know. Uh-uh. Keep going back. I was very impressed with the way they handled that game. I was surprised how Philadelphia chose not to – help on Des Bryant yeah, come yeah. on and then they're playing these corners up in bump and run and and he's going by Fletcher and those guys like crazy I mean help him out a little bit will you and so yeah this was a that was a huge statement win for the uh, Cowboys because they got blasted uh on Thanksgiving day uh but remember it was a short week of practice after a Sunday night road trip and the uh, Tony was banged up he didn't take a shot that game he told us and this was a long week of preparation they looked fresh they look dominating, and and I was I was uh, this was the Cowboys. That's uh, looks like a very well coached team. Uh, you know what the, the the team that I was impressed with, the Seattle Seahawks. You know, yeah, they're the champs. Okay, they're the world champs. But you know what, we're going to be talking about this all the way through the playoffs. They lost a bunch of guys now on both sides of the ball. I thought they would take a step back, uh, and early in the season they did lose some games. But they look like the real deal now again. 
They're on, you know, they're hitting on all eight cylinders, beast mode. Look at this guy. He, you can't knock him off his feet. And you've got, you've got the rival game and the Niners coming up. And the Niners are kind of the bad boys, too. You know, this is, these are two heavyweights. And Seattle just took it to them in every way, shape, and form. And, and I, I'm impressed with this team. This is a scary team because they're so physical, Brian. On defense, on offense, they play smash mouth. And this guy right here, Russell Wilson, he's the key. Let's face it. He throws the ball down the field better than he should because he doesn't, there's Baldwin, you know, he doesn't have a great supporting cast with his receiving core, but he makes plays and he, he can make him with his legs, make him, look at that. Well, that's oh, what, that, and that's what, I'm not going back to the old conversation, but just those plays you saw right there from the pocket, he started in the pocket, he stepped back, made the throw down the field. I've never seen Johnny Menzel make that throw, ever. Ever. You, yeah. And, Even uh, in college, so, that just wasn't what he did. But I'm with you 100% on Seattle. They Well, let me ask you this then. Seattle, obviously at home, I can't see anybody going to Seattle and beating Seattle. No, remember the Green Bay Packers went in there right. for a first, first game, and boy, it was lost. You lopsided. feel the same way about Green Bay at home if it went through Lambeau? Do you have as much conviction about someone being able to not beat Green Bay and Lambeau the way you have the conviction about somebody not being able to beat Seattle and Seattle? Yeah, I think I think whoever gets home field is going to win it. I, I think yeah, the I'm Packers. With you on that. I think the Packers could beat Seattle uh, in Lambeau the way they've dominated. Sure. Heck, they score enough points by halftime to win every game over there in Lambeau. Um, but they just really look pedestrian. You know, I thought I thought Green Bay would handle the weather better than they did in Buffalo. They did not. I guess it was just that defense that they couldn't handle. But yeah, I, you know, right now you got <laughs> you got the Seahawks and the Packers seated fifth and sixth. Me, I believe personally they will be one and two before yeah. it's all over. Yeah. Those two teams will be one and two, and then uh, it's, it's got to go through Seattle or Lambeau. And what order is it in is going to be huge. I think it's fascinating mm-hmm. that Philadelphia, if Green Bay, or excuse me, if Dallas can beat Indy, and then you got to figure they're going to win okay. at the end of the game. We could see uh, uh, Philadelphia, who's a darn good football team, actually end up out of the playoffs. I know it. There are seven really good teams yeah. in the NFC. Somebody's going to be left home that really could or should be in. You bet. You brought up uh, the 49ers, and let's, let's talk about, because it is a coaching situation. You, you live there in the Bay Area. Where, yeah. are, where are we now that they're, the 49ers are officially eliminated? Where are we on the Jim Harbaugh saga, do you think? I, want, I, I, I don't want to believe that they've exhausted all avenues in terms of talking this out. I, I wish to God that uh, John York and Jed York and Trent Balky and Jim would sit down, you know, man-to-man, little bottle of wine, and just say, all right, let's talk about it. Let's lay everything out on the table because right now, guys, we have a good football team. We'll be healthier next year. We'll be whole. We'll be a competitor. We'll, we'll be a contender. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, and I don't – I hope that that's – gone by and 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 i hope that that's still a possibility but everything that i hear uh that this this uh, coach is uh, wanting to be somewhere else this organization prefers to have somebody else and i and i don't i don't get that i'm not there every day and i don't know the compatibility issue that exists or non-compatibility issue but right now it seems like it's uh, in a tailspin. I'll throw in the, the uh, other element here, the cynic in me, the business side of me, that you know, I would love to think old school like you and I grew up, yes, we can sit down in the room and like, men, we can sort this out because we got a good thing going. But Jim Harbaugh goes someplace else. He may be the first $10 million a year pro football coach. 
But the money indeed is a factor that staying in San Francisco, given the ruptured rep- uh, problems they have right now in terms of the relationships and the contract negotiate. Because remember, this kind of started back with some contract negotiations. But now I'm in a position, if you trade me someplace else, I'm going in. I'll have total control of that organization. You've got to pay me $10 million a year. Well, first of all, I don't think he's going to get $10 million a year. And secondly, I, he might get total control. It would depend on where it goes. But, you know... For Jim, for Jim, outside of the money that you're talking about, he's not going to go to a better team than he's on right yeah, now. You're right. Okay? You know that. And so sometimes that money leads you to a, a uh, an average football team. And so, let's, which means what in three years? Let's remember, so, though, he's a former player. I think Jim Harbaugh has a player's – you and I grew up as coaches strictly. And he grew up in a coaching family. I get that. But he's got that player mentality about, i got to take that dash for the cash now. You're going to show me respect by paying me the money. That's the only way you're going to show me the respect that I'm due. I think there's enough of that player mentality in Jim Harbaugh that that's a factor. That's too bad. because It is. Because, it is. because the reports I'm hearing – and you know how the reports are. I don't know if I believe some of it. I, I – hard to believe so that he wanted to be a year ago the highest paid coach in the in the league and I don't get that I mean you're telling me that he deserves to be a higher paid coach than a Bill Belichick or any of the any number of coaches who have been to multiple Super Bowls and won them so I, I don't I don't want to even go there but uh, you know yeah should he be compensated fairly absolutely will he get it somewhere else I, I suppose he will but he's not going to go to a, a team that's loaded like this. This San Francisco 49er team has more Pro Bowl guys on it over the last three years than anybody in the league by four players. I mean, it's like this is a talented bunch. So whoever the heck is going to get this is going to get a good football team. Let's finish with, uh, with the, the great job that Bruce Arians doing. Quarterback mm. dilemma. I mean, he showed great passion after the game. We're going to do this with – whoever, Ryan Lindley or whoever they got played now, because God forbid Palmer goes down, <laughs> Drew Stanton goes down. Let's just get, chip in about the job, Bruce. We, we've been saying it every week, but, boy, he is passionate about We're going to win with this group, are they? I can't help but think back to when Dick Vermeil lost Trent Green to an injury, and he goes, we're going to rally behind Kurt Warner, and this, we're going to be a good football team. Remember, he was crying. He was crying in his press conference. And so, and they ended up winning the Super Bowl. But – you know, Bruce Arians, you know, he's got to be the coach of the year. He's had so many issues outside of the quarterback position. But this Ryan Lindley kid, he's only been there a month. They signed him after Carson Palmer went down. And he's a better bet than the rookie. Usually veterans right. are. And so, but, geez, to play the Niners in, in Seattle again, they're probably not going to win those games. And then they're going to be a, a playoff team. I think they're hoping to get Drew Stanton back. I hope to God they do because he gives them a chance to yeah. win. They've got a good defense. I mean, it, you know, they've got a real good defense, and, and uh, let's see what happens. It's really unfortunate they go from 11-3 and three to trying to make a yard with yeah. a new quarterback. Let me write that down because we have it on tape here. Steve Mariucci says Ryan Lindley is the next Kurt Warner. Right? I did not did say that. Did I get that. that right? I said Well, you, that, you, in the same, I, you told a story. <laughs> well, what are you telling me here? Yeah, I'll, because, uh, let me, i got to tell you the truth, though. We played. We were the first team to play that eventual Super Bowl champion, St. Louis Rams, Dick Vermeil. They We started Kurt Warner, and I stood on the midfield before the game and talked to D- uh, Dick Vermeil and to Mike Martz, and they both told me. They deny it, but it's a fact. I got no horse in this race. They said, you know what? We got this kid, Warner. We hope he holds on because we got this kid, Justice, uh, uh, they got from Arizona State. That it, We just hope until he learns the system to come in and, and replace this Warner kid. 
(laughs) So that just shows you none of us knows anything. How about that? Anything. Well, that'll do it for the Coaches Show. Make sure to join us next week where we'll cover all things in the NFL here on the Coaches Show. For Brian Billick, Steve Mariucci, come back and see us next week.